Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Zohar in 15. My name is David Fournier, one of the senior instructors here at Restoring Grace. So glad you can come out and join us, either live or on archive. I want to tell you, thank you so much. The first three editions of Zohar in 15, our first three weeks, we're at 2,638 listens on those three shows. And again, I want to tell all of you so much. Thank you for coming out, listening. Remember that if you have any questions, you can always contact me at Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Again, that is Dave at RestoringGrace.com. And also, if you are not the best uh, blog talk radio person, but you like to subscribe to it, go to uh, iTunes, go to your podcast, and type in the Restoring Grace or David Fournier. Uh, our podcast will come up, and you can download it to your iPod or other MP3-type players. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the path to forgiveness of sins. The path to forgiveness of sins. And, and as I broadcasted out this title of the show, I received some comments and emails from people that have a very strong uh, belief in how forgiveness of sins occurs. Remember that in our Zohar for 15 program, we're not trying to convert anybody to be a Zohar person or a Kabbalist or a Jew or a Christian or anything like that. We're simply talking about a conversation, a dialogue that occurred between rabbis anywhere from 1,000 to 4,000 years ago. And, and in the verses we're reading is this wisdom, the teachings that they have. As a Christian, I do believe in the completed work of Jesus on the cross, Jesus of Nazareth, and his atonement for sins. But I do not believe that it ends all of my responsibility there. I want to read to you, this is from uh, the volume uh, volume 16, section Imor, chapter 34, and verse number 230. And it says this, he asks, what is meant by whose sin is covered? And he answers, it was explained that the sin he committed before the Holy One, blessed be he, is covered from people. And he confessed it before the Holy One, blessed be he. Yet come and see. When a man sins, sinning once, twice, or thrice, and does not repent, his sins become public, because they are made known above and made known below. Criers walk before him and announce, get away from him, uh, and don't be around so-and-so. He is chided by his master, chided above and chided below. Woe to him for blemishing his master's image. Woe to him who has no fear of his master's glory. The Holy One, blessed be He, reveals His iniquity above. This is the meaning of the heavens shall reveal His iniquity and the earth shall rise up against Him, Job 20:27. When a man walks in the path of his master, busies himself with the master's service, and he happens to sin, everyone covers it, the higher and lower being. This is called whose sin is covered. We all sin. We all sin and we need to remember that we are all sinners. A lot of the harshness, and suffering that we experience in our life, a lot of the trouble, the chaos that we have, isn't so much because of our own sin. Because God is a loving God. And many times in God, what God does is he actually lessens the blow of our sins. He covers them for us because he has his great love for us. What really is afflicting our lives is the, it's about the judgment on, on the life choices of others that bounces back on us. You know, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, judge not, <clears throat> excuse me, 
says, judge not, lest you be judged. And people say, well, there are certain kinds of judgments. Stop. He says, don't judge. Because what happens in the spiritual universe is when we put out judgments on others, that judgment comes back on us. People to ask me, do you forgive people easily? Absolutely. I will be the first person. I would win the gold medal in first place for forgiveness. Because why? It's enlightened greed. Because I want to have forgiveness from my master in return. A lot of it has to do with our own personal judgments. The sacrifice and atonement of Jesus of Nazareth is not a sin management program. It's not a system like Tony Robbins' system or a or Nutra system. You just simply believe in it and everything's going to work out good for you. It means that we have to be participants. There must be, the word is teshuva. The word means to repent. And it's not handled. It's not all handled. That's another thing I hear Christians say. Oh, it's all handled. It's all handled. And we can carry on any way we choose. This is not true. Our verse here tells us that when we sin, and we own it through repentance, when we sin and we own it through repentance, that God in his wisdom keeps it between us in him. And the damage can be spiritually can be greatly controlled. I want to say that again. When we sin and we own it, when we repent, God keeps it between us and him. And the damage to us spiritually can be controlled. What he's saying is, the rabbis are talking about here, is they're saying that when someone sins, when we, and we're going to sin, we're going to transgress the law. If we go to God with it and say, God, look, I have done this and this, and I'm asking you to cleanse that area of me. I want to talk about this. I want to look into it. I want to see why I thought this was a good idea. And when you do these things, what you're truly doing is asking for God's involvement. And God keeps it between us. When we sin without repentance, when we sin without repentance, it becomes revealed. It becomes revealed. He says here, Yet come and see when a man sins once, twice, and three times and does not repent, his sins become public. That is interesting. The great rabbi Yeshua of Nazareth referred to this in his gospel recordings when he said, things that are done in secret shall be revealed. The discussions that are held in private shall be shouted from the rooftops. How does that happen? How does that happen? How is it they are known, these unrepented sins? And he doesn't say they're just known. He says they're known, made, made both known above and made known below. Take a quick moment for a commercial break, and we'll be right back. Welcome to Restoring Grace Radio. Looking for something different at your next retreat, Bible study, or weekend seminar? Restoring Grace could be the answer for you. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace, and we gladly support, encourage, and minister in many churches across the country. You can reach me at Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Again, that's Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Or you can call 719-233-6265. 719-233-6265 for your next upcoming event. So the question is, how do these become known? They're known. Our actions, you really listen to this now, our actions are witnessed by the heavens and those around us. I want to say that again. Our actions are witnessed by the heavens and those around us. You know, I hear a lot of people preaching from the pulpits, talking stories about how God is watching and he is just up there and he's waiting to catch us in the act of doing something wrong so he can zap us with lightning bolts and bring judgment. That's not really what the scriptures teach about God. 
God is in heaven, takes great pride in his servants, takes great pride in his sons, takes great pride in his followers. He's not looking to catch you in the act of doing something wrong. He's looking to catch you in the act of doing something right or something you do very well. Remember the conversation. Behold my servant Job. Look at him. He's blameless. He's upright. But how do these actions become known? It's interesting the rabbis say that criers walk before him and they announce, get away from him, so-and-so. Not, not really. When you and I sin, when we do things that are wrong, is there actually somebody walking in front of us? Or are the rabbis talking about something on a deeper, more spiritual level? Have you ever seen someone? Have you ever met someone whose countenance, whose facial expressions, whose attitude on life just seems so incredibly down, so incredibly compromised, no happiness, no joy, no fulfillment. What is that? That is the effect of sin in our lives. When we sin, we're living a life that the, the master of the universe, may his name be praised, the master of the universe did not intend for us to live. We're living another kind of life. That spiritually, our immune system, if you please, our, our system is not designed to take it. And eventually, our self-serving choices, they begin to wear on us. It's an interesting choice of words where it talks about here, he'll be chided by his master, He'll be chatted above, and he'll be chatted below. What exactly does that mean, to be chided? It means to be reprimanded or have corrective actions put on. When we sin and we refuse to own it, the master of the universe, the above and below, they all chide us. And here's what's significant. Really pay attention here. When we live that life of sin without teshuva, without repentance, there is no place of rest. There is no place of fulfillment for us. Most people that I meet, me, I, heard, I told a group of pastors one time, I said, most people that I meet have a saved soul and a lost life. I want to say that again. Most people that I meet have a saved soul and a lost life. No fulfillment. No rest. You know, for our Jewish brothers, they have Shabbat. They take a period of time where it is rest for the soul. But when you carry this kind of sin, un repented sin, unforgiven sin with you, when you carry this with you everywhere you go, what eventually happens to you is it begins to wear on your countenance, it begins to wear on you spiritually, it begins to wear in your uh, events of your life, and people can see it. The presence of sin in our life, write this down, unless you're driving in your car, the presence of sin in our life is the absence of fulfillment. Let me say it again. The presence of sin in our life is the absence of fulfillment. This is why the scriptures push so hard for us to stay connected. There's a term in Hebrew, it's called kapot. It means a covering. And the idea is that coverings become a covering, if you please, between us and the light of the Creator, between us and God. God doesn't go anywhere. His light doesn't go anywhere. God doesn't shut down on us. It's our choices of this unconfessed sin, of this unrepented sin, this unforgiven sin. What it does is it causes clopos or coverings to come on that light. The revealing of God becomes minimal in our lives. And when we sin, he says here, this is interesting, he says, woe to him for blemishing his master's image. When we sin, we blemish the master's image. What does that mean? How does that work? You and I, oh, and also the people that we don't approve of their lifestyles, the way they live, all humans, we are created in the image of the Master. Let us make man in our image. And that image is 
splendor. It is glory. It is beautiful. It is immense. It is higher than any words can can uh, can express. However, that part of that image is given to you and given to me as created beings by the master of the universe. God has a part in each and every one of us. Not just our breath that he gives us, not just the life that he gives us, not the heartbeat that he gives us, the brain, not just that part. But a living section of us is in the image of the creator. And when we sin, we blemish that image, which is actually a reflection on the master's image. We're created in the image of his master. Sin, if you really think about it, doing the wrong thing, transgressing the laws of God, is an act of defiance against our original design. Think about this. Sin is an act of defiance against our original design. What we're simply saying is, God, we know better. You might be the manufacturer. You might be the one that built us. But we know better how to run it. We know how better how to live it. And the path to forgiveness of sins, the path to repentance, is realizing we don't know better. That only God knows better. And that that's why he's given us these incredible these incredible books, these incredible writings, to go to the scriptures and look at the laws that are given to us, laws on obedience, laws on how to behave, how to treat each other, how to rest. Sinning shows an absolute disregard for the Master's glory because we are reflections of the Master's glory. It's about, it's exactly like the sun. The Master of the universe is exactly like the sun. He is the innumerable light. And we're like the moon. We're a reflection of that light. And when we sin, those coverings come over and they dim out that reflection and they dim out the Master's glory. All sin, I want to say this real quickly before we close, all sin, not just the famous ones, not just the ones that we vote on, are equally graceful. They all are a deterrent to the Master's glory. When we walk the path, we work hard at our tikkun. That's the word for correction. Heaven and earth and the Master of the universe work for us to cover the sin in our life so we suffer less damage from it. So we suffer less break in our connection. My prayer for you tonight, my prayer for all of you listening to the show, either live or archive, is that we can learn to see the importance of staying connected to the master of the universe. And we know that we will sin. We know that we will. But to go directly to God and say, God, I've broken covenant with you. God, I've broken a law. I've, I, I have broken a mitzvot. And I want things to be right between you and I. Seeking God's forgiveness. Seeking the creator, the light of the creator, the master of the universe, and saying, God, so much do I desire to be connected with you. Humbly present my life to you, a sinner yet still clean by your work in my life. My name is David Fournier, one of the instructors here at Restoring Grace, and thank you so much for joining us on this week's Zohar in 15.